0: Hello and welcome to a little bonus episode, a little stopgap between series, the EGX episode. Basically, I wandered around EGX, took my recording equipment on the last day and caught up with a few people, including previous guests and maybe future guests, question mark. I started off over with the lovely Alex from Polygon Treehouse and we talk about Rookie and how it's been since uh, we last chatted really what it's like to get onto the Expo uh, as a new indie. Uh, Then I headed over to a company called Two Ton Studios, we are making a really cool little game called Unto the End. And basically it's extremely my shit. It's this kind of 2D combat adventure thing. You know, it's got the Souls-like comparisons, and a little bit of the influence of games like Inside as well. It's it's interesting, and um, it looks really cool. And then I caught up with Jack Attridge of Flavorworks, uh, which is our feature length conversation as it were, because there was a lot to talk about. I talk about him leaving 22 cans and forming this new studio, basically inventing a new genre or a new type of game and the new tech they needed to make to do that. And all the 100,000 things that have come with it and how he's managed to sort of keep that all in a decent place in his head and you know organize that and and not become overwhelmed basically so yeah i have a cool little chat it was good to catch up with jack it was good to catch up with everybody and soon enough you'll have the new series starting in the meantime if you want to get on the patreon head over to patreon.com forward slash m g i f and get yourself ready for the new season okay i'll shut up now please sit back or sit forward i don't mind and enjoy the latest episode of Making Games is Fun. Welcome to a EGX special for Making Games as Fun. I'm just making the long walk up now from the Excel Centre. Uh, it's a really long way I have to go through. I've got a bag of stuff, bag of work gimmicks. I can see the actual event happening, but I'm not allowed to just jump straight through. you got to go and have your, your bag checked. So I'm doing a big old walk down the whole length of the Excel... Uh, It's a long way, but that's alright because there's lots of treats on the way. So I need coffee, I need a bagel maybe. Um, Yeah, I was here yesterday to interview Daniel Krupa, which will be one of the episodes in the new series, and you've either heard it already or you're going to hear it, depending on what order I put all this stuff out. Um, That was a lovely interview. We had a really good old chat, me and Dan, but we overrun for ages and just had some beers (laughs) and hung out in the uh, hotel foyer near AGX I also saw some lovely pals take on some retro challenges in the Fringe Theatre namely uh, Andy Hamilton the man they call Andy Hamilton because that's his name uh, David Turners and Matt Murray from the computer game show uh, Asobi Tech and none other than Big Boy Barry no really Big Boy Barry uh, and they all had a retro games challenge. that was yesterday. had a couple of drinks watching that. met up with old friends, looked at some games it 's a jolly old time. So today we 're going to go around the indie scene we 're going to catch up with some previous guests and maybe talk to some new people as well and say hi to some folk. So I'm walking up to the uh, venue now, going through the doors, and now we're going to go and find Polygon Treehouse. That's our first stop. Um, here we are, EGX last day. Indeed, I've made it after a few drinks last night with friends. I thought really? I will get here, but I'm but I'm here. Yeah, I'm somehow here. Well done, good job. Yep, yeah, finally get round to seeing the game.
1: Um, how is Rookie going down with people? Amazingly well, I think it's been obviously, you know, we work uh, separately in our spare rooms and it's really nice to you know, be at an event. We've done like E3 and Gamescom, but that was all private press stuff. So that was, you know, cool in its own right. But having it here uh, with like four pods in a, in, a, in a huge public event, it's been kind of a little bit scary, but actually from the first morning, uh, people have loved it. It's been very, very exciting. What's been your, yeah, because what was your previous
0: experience of these Expos, like in, your, in terms of your involvement, like, you know, with Guerrilla and obviously the bigger scale, right? So like,
1: yeah, I mean, it's all for me. I always really like meeting the people who are potentially going to be playing your game. It's always quite exciting, no, no matter, I don't know that really changes, with, with, you know, depending on who you're working for, really. Um, that's yeah so it's always really exciting it's also really exciting to see like how people are playing it what they what they're enjoying about about uh, about stuff I suppose the only thing that really changes is that we can be quite open about what it is we're doing uh, so you know at certain times when you're working for large companies you have to be a little bit more secretive or more tactical about what you're saying whereas we can very much uh, just be very open we don't really uh, you know we don't really uh, have any things that we can't discuss so we can be very open about yeah. what the game
0: is, what our process is and what we're trying to do. You're not in the company line or you're not saying don't release this info yet, that info you can just say well we tried this, we tried that and...
1: Yeah we can just be quite uh, very open about stuff which is, which is nice because uh, I think sometimes uh, yeah you, it just allows you to be very open and natural about what you're doing and I think people appreciate that. So this is kind of,
0: this is uh, the first showing of the first game right? So it's been exciting and
1: yeah, really exciting. And we did. We did like. A, we got invited to go to to Sweden for Dreamhack, which we which we went to because we we're very oh, keen. Yes. We were very keen to like show it to the people in Scandinavia because uh, the game is rooted in Scandinavian folklore. Uh, but today's been uh, really good, and it's a re- really huge, busy event. And we we have four stations. And when they said we were going to have four stations, I, I thought Ooh, maybe that's you know maybe that's too many. But actually, it's been absolutely packed the entire way through. I think the art style has really drawn people to the game. And then when we talk to them about the game and our intentions for the game, and also when they put the cans on, they hear the music, people have really um, really got absorbed in the game, which has been, which has been, yeah, really awesome for us to see. You had a wide variety of people, types of people,
0: ages and things, getting absolutely. interested in Absolutely.
1: We had an amazing moment yesterday when a young girl in a bobble hat, and for you know, people who haven't seen the game yet, the, the hero is Tuve, and she has a, a big red bobble hat. Um, so we, we had this kind of slightly meta moment where the young girl with the bubble hat can play the game, and so we 're making this we 're trying to make the game very accessible, so it 's a modern adventure game uh, you know, direct control of the character but we, we have a huge focus on making it accessible, and so young kids can play it, but also there's a kind of there 's layers of the narrative in there, so you can just experience it as like a surface level fantastical adventure, but some of the themes of like family and, and, and loss. Uh, are there and there's, so there's, there's depth there to engage the adults as well or like older gamers so yeah and, and we want to have a challenge for people who you know are fans of classic adventure games but also you know open it up for people who maybe haven't played an adventure game before so they can just pick up the game and play um yeah it's been really exciting to see i think we've I think touch wood we've done quite well on that front yeah i'm excited to play it as well because i've not you know
0: we chatted about it for ages we uh. looked at it Looked at all the concept, and we, you know, went in depth on when we had the the interview episode, you know, however long back now. But I haven't actually got my hands on it, so I've oh. got to do that. So I must do that. Well,
1: hopefully you like it. I'm sure <laughs> I will. And congratulations
0: on the beard, because it's beautiful. Thanks. Do I yeah. need to do an updated photo soon with a full beard, because no, now it's... you're
1: unrecognisable on the on, no, on I the. I am slightly uh, more more bear-like, and uh, this. <laughs> It's uh, about, actually we're going to do a secret cinema, uh, the Stranger Things one. So basically I was growing a beard in preparation for like an 80's Magnum mustache. Right. So I can just whip off the rest of it (laughs) and be left with a a glorious upper lip. That is, I look forward to that. It's (laughs) gonna be horrible. It's (laughs) gonna be horrible.
0: (laughs) Hello. Hello. Please introduce yourselves and your game. I am Stephen.
2: I'm Sarah.
3: I'm Francesco. Um. Uh, our game is uh, Under the End. It's a, well, it doesn't really fit cleanly into a genre, but it's cinematic combat platformer, I guess would be the easiest way to describe it. Yes. Uh, inside with, I guess, Forerunner style combat, if you imagine, but uh, 2Dified. So we tried to take 2D, of which there's many, many examples, you know, Guy with a Sword, yep. and break it all down to nothing, and then build it back up based on three principles. One is reading high and low. Yeah. So all, everyone attacks high and low, right. and can defend high and low. right. And then judging left and right, yeah, because that's something you can do really easily in 2D, and then seeing behind you, which you always forget nowadays with 3D. But So you get like group fights and you can pivot and hit this guy and uh-huh. go and hit this guy and stuff, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's something that caught my eye. I saw the trailer on, on oh, Twitter cool. awesome. at one point and I thought, oh, and it's my sort of thing and it awesome. caught my eye. And I could see you putting a focus on those mechanics and, yes. and the sort cool. of clean look of them and you know, and it's clear what you need to do and that sort of thing. Nice, and thanks man. And, um, it makes you think of things like the old Prince of Persia. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Right? Is yeah. that an influence? Right? Absolutely, big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big time, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. what were yeah. you going to say? Yes, we are older than we look. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So I need to get into game dev. It keeps you young, right? Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, where did, where did it start for you guys? Is this your first game? Your it's uh, game, like
3: I, we made, Sarah and I uh, made a bunch of, mobile games, Yeah, when we were, we had jobs, like real jobs. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, on the side kind of like Real jobs? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then we uh, left those real jobs and uh, wanted to get into game dev more seriously. So we traveled for a bit, we were in, in, actually in, in Europe for a bit, in the UK for a bit, yeah. and then South America. Kind of, almost like going back to school. Right. Like learning how to make games. Yeah, yeah. Getting better, like I was a designer at Microsoft. Sarah was an interior designer. Uh, and we kind of use those skills, right? Uh, but right. Transformed them and gave them skills. Um, how did have, it feel? Have, to, sorry, go. On, sorry. No, I have a computer science degree, so that helps a bit. Um, yeah, we've been working on this for about three years.
0: How did it feel to sort of uh, take the plunge, as it were, and be like, right now we're just gonna like go full in on this? And like, was it scary? Was it? How did yeah. it feel?
2: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely scary. But I think what we did is, it's like we didn't, we did take it seriously, but we. We're always open to it failing. Right. So each kind of month, year, we were like, let's see what happens this year. Yeah. <laughs> Next year, we're like, can we keep going? We, we self-funded for the first two years. Right, so okay. there's always a question of how much longer can we go? Yeah. Um, but yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has been interesting. <laughs> How's the
0: reception been here for the Yeah, game, so
2: it's been great.
0: You've been here the whole week, right? Because i have been here for all four days. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah people seem to really love it. it it's definitely a game that... Uh, some people will not get, and that's okay with us. Mm. Uh, the combat is, is challenging enough, and we intentionally put players in situations where it seems very difficult, yeah. but then there's actually this is the puzzle aspect, kind of inside influence, where there are actually pretty easy ways to get around it. Right. You just have to look at it the right way. We, we give yeah. you all the tools right out of the gate, yeah. but it's up to you to master those
0: those tools. Cool. Yeah. Let's let's talk sound design. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hey. <laughs> it's the sound guy. <laughs> I am. What is your name? Francesco. Francesco. And um, so how have you been approaching the sound design and how have you been working with these guys to, um, to make it, bring actually, it to life? Yeah, since there are no
3: dialogues, no voice like there are some voice over, but there are no dialogues. We decided to rely a lot on the sounds and right. sound design, especially to convey the state of the father during this journey. And so there are like uh, a lot of pay attention on like on environment and uh, how the environment's ringing with, uh,
0: with the father states, how actually like conveying his state. Yeah, sure. yeah the right. breathing is very important. <coughs> so there's no actual uh, spoken dialogue? No, not, no, 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 Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. So like a minimal approach. It's very it.
3: minimal, yeah. One of the key words when we were brainstorming about the sound design was like minimal, being okay. minimalistic.
0: Cool, and that so that's uh, played out in cutscenes. Is it what? what what's the kind of dynamic with the story time? Is it other cutscenes and yeah, game? The, or is the, it?
3: There's we call them kind of story moments. I'm not a huge fan of cutscenes in that if they rob the the player of the decision. Um, yeah. We use them to uh, emphasize a point where a decision can be made. Mm. But that decision is entirely based on your interactions with the world. We don't have like option menus or anything. Okay. So at the end of the demo, there's a there's a guy, on one knee. Uh, his mate has just been uh, badly injured and is dying, mm. and you can kill the guy, you can sheathe your sword and walk by him peacefully, or you can offer some of your hard-earned supplies, healing supplies, to heal his mate. Okay. And all of those have different impacts on how the next part of the, the experience uh, unfolds. So okay. um, we, we're, we want to produce, a, to make a game that is okay with players not getting it. Right, sure. Like, they might go through and they might kill everyone in their path and they might struggle to do that. Yeah. And then they might talk to their friend or see online, like, oh wow, there's this other way to do it. And those are the best moments of you know when we play games that we have those aha moments, so we yeah. want to give people those aha moments. So
0: that's cool. Well I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it and, and thanks awesome. for talking to me. Yeah. Cheers. Thanks so much. It's beautiful, it's great. Cheers. Hey, Thank cool. you. That's fine. Thank you very much.
1: Cool. Hello Jack. Hello.
0: You're here. It's the last day. I Enjoy am, it. and I'm horizontal. And you are very horizontal, and you look so happy about that. It's <laughs> like, you found some beanbags in the corner. It's like, yes, yes, this is my yeah. Human. And
2: my, I have cushions for my legs. Cushions so. for your legs. The the luxury. The decadence. I know. Leg cushions. mate. I know. I I, I didn't really come here with much of a plan, <laughs> other than talk. So, um, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm um, in a mix of of euphoria and post-launch blues yes which create a perfect storm of indifference
0: <laughs> <The>
2: Indifferent <laughs> storm was trivial. Yeah. um
0: so yeah how long Jericho have
2: been out now uh it came out like this time in august so it must be two months now two months we did our shadow drop at gamescom and jeff keely's stage yeah what was that like that was cool because i didn't realize how many people were going to be there it was like Lots and lots of silhouettes, far as the eye could see. And <laughs> I was there with Holly, who plays Erica in our game. Yes, and we did our, our, our little two minutes, and it was cool. And then, like the day we, lo- it's so funny. Like so, um, like twenty years ago or something. No, not maybe not twenty. Yeah, twenty. Oh, well, we're going way back. All right, go. On. Yeah, um, there was a magazine called PSM Two. Yes, and, I remember. It. Uh, Dan Dawkins was a writer of it, and I bumped into him a couple of years ago and I was like oh wow Like all of your writing has probably informed all of my perspective of games and why games are good or why they're not good and I like wrote a seven and a half page letter into this magazine saying I was going to be like the next Hideo Kojima and they just turned it into like the joke letter like 12 year old Jack from Portsmouth (laughs) this mad licker Um, and then the day we launched Erica I got to meet Hideo Kojima that's pretty sick and uh have a proper proper band and uh be mutual twitter followers and all that jazz that's and very cool, actually. um and so now yeah so that was almost better than launching the game itself so um done that and then what happened next yeah and then just did like lots of talks around the place like we had an interactive screening on hollywood boulevard so I went out there to um do that with Austin Wintery and Troy Baker, which is really cool. That's and then uh, did like just talks at different conferences and stuff and just doing little things to try and get the word out and also try and find like cool talent to, to collaborate with because now we've got the technology that we use to build Erica with, which is our touch video engine. The and the editor, which is called Cookbook. The idea is that we w- will continue making interactive live action stories yeah but at the same time we want to help we want to work with with amazing storytellers out there who we can give that technology to but then also help them in the filmmaking process and
0: that's cool yeah that's really
2: cool otherwise it's just going to be like you know so few games coming out and i feel like the important thing is not from a business perspective but purely from like justifying what we're doing in terms of a game crafty thing where we're trying to say that this is the first live action game that actually is meaningfully interactive yeah where you're interacting with the world rather than with buttons on top of the video and waiting five minutes between every token interaction yeah is that we get more examples out there of how to do it well right whereas um, right now it's I I, yeah we we haven't particularly we haven't traditionally been fans of F&B
0: yeah you know you're making that hype but you're sort of turning it into its own genre essentially Like,
2: yeah it's, it's also really funny that FMV is a genre right like it's <laughs> like we don't we don't call like Metal Gear Solid a polygonal game right right yeah, yeah. or um, cool games like pixel art games as opposed to platformers or shoes or, or even 2D like you know so like why call an FMV game by its aesthetic mm. other than I guess the preconception that the interaction would usually be pretty naff yeah but we're trying to make games that are like uh, Quantic Dream or Supermassive or Don't Nod. The only difference is we're not like walking around the environment, but we feel like that's not really the strength for the storytelling anyway. It happens in those intimate moments of characters and and the, the items in the world. And that's the kind of stuff that we gamify.
0: So you have, I mean, I guess you release, you got the game done released but then that kind of wasn't the end of it you were like oh I can relax now you had all as you say all this post-release stuff we've just been talking about when did you feel like or maybe it hasn't happened yet <laughs> did you feel like you think oh it started to calm down and you can sort of relax and as we were saying is that kind of weird when it's you've been busy for so long and then there's nothing
2: well I, yeah I mean it's kind of like half and half busy because we weren't like you know like I imagine most people don't even realize that our game is out. We're not. We're not a big AAA blockbuster. Yeah, we, we're um, kind of like a. We were, you know, yeah, not not a massive, not a massively marketed sort of game. I think compared to uh, a big established IP or established company. So it's not been a huge. It's not been hugely intense, but it has been varied. And now we're just at that point in a company where. We're trying to work out what happens next, so we're bringing in company investment and we're signing publisher deals and just getting excited about going to the next thing. the 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 weird thing about Erica was the day that I wasn't allowed to touch it anymore was quite. Uh, it was like a weight lifted off because right. it was like, well, it is what it is. You can't improve yeah. it. You can't polish it further. You can't tune yeah. stuff. But now there's the opportunity with with what we do next and bringing the technology to multiple platforms that's really exciting and I so the good thing is I, get, I think the launch of Erica's injected a lot of energy into the company where before it was like you know we're in our little box room with no windows mm-hmm. in old street with uh, our dog mascot Layla flavor and uh, mm-hmm. an average team of six making this super multi branching live-action thing built on completely unproven technology and um, production pipelines Um, and now it's all come out and there's been a a generally positive reception to it there's a couple of people that have been like oh I don't get it or it's not really a game or you know oh I'd rather just watch the thing rather than interact and then and then uh, along with lots of you know really legitimate uh, feedback as well Um, and then there's a lot of folks who have been really nice and, and positive and giving us great feedback and <clears throat> so we've got a lot of positive con- and constructive uh feedback both good and bad that we can just bring into the next games yeah
0: how do you find dealing with the uh the negative feedback coming through what do you uh, how do you take it on board really fine actually like
2: um there's stuff about again game that bothers me that people don't pick up on and then there's stuff that people don't like that i think is good and i'm just like oh okay well i don't think we can win you over with that one and then there's stuff where they don't like what i don't like and i'm like you're totally right and you've (laughs) said it in a way that is quite a lot more elegant than what goes around in my mind where you're juggling all these balls and sometimes it's nice to just read something in print and you're like yeah you you it's just why i love game journalism um because it's the same reason i love i love games because of how journalists have made me uh, think about how to articulate why I like games. Yeah
0: I feel like there's so many things you've done with this um, that are just first times for you right you've just kind of you, you came out of twenty two cans you just went you seem to just launch yourself into this it's like like uh, yeah so a lot, a lot of people go we're oh, gonna start a new studio but they don't go I'm gonna invent a new kind of way to play a game new tech we're going to need all this extra stuff that you know people don't necessarily uh, have to set up making and new you know when they branch out on their own for the first time uh, I just say all this stuff and you're just making it and you've got no real idea of how it's going to be received you're just there for like what was it three years maybe
2: probably a little bit more than that but yeah. I like to pretend it's three years because like, I'd go a bit crazy otherwise
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's just call it three um, you know and just thinking oh I wonder if what's gonna happen when this actually comes out like and now and now it's out you you've, you've branched out to all these other ideas and how do you sort of take all that on board how do you manage it because that, that's quite difficult man
2: I think compared to like yeah when we left our me and my co-founder Pavle we left our last studio and we were just like living on our savings living on like the floors and couches of friends and traveling up to London to try and talk to venture capitalists and uh publishers and not knowing how to do any of that like it was completely a stab in the dark and then just over time you kind of have to learn all of that stuff by necessity you're just like oh I'm just gonna go make a cool game I've made games before um but actually it's just the amount of extra things lawyers and accountants and pitches and um Um, probably more more big boring sounding words like that you're just like whoa Uh, and then you know recruiters and building a team and um, and then in our case of technology although you know because it that was a little bit mental in that if you were sensible you would go off and you'd make a unity game in 18 months yeah but there's also that feeling of like if we're just making a quick unity platformer or shooter or fighter or racer what's the point of us existing there's already people doing that way better right and we don't feel like anyone would owe it to us to be like an indie darling um it's very much a case of a consumer has x amount of money they want to spend on games how do you earn that money you know like they don't owe you anything so we we're like okay what could we do that we feel like the market isn't really doing and at the time no one was doing fmv Uh, And we wanted to do something particularly about touching the world in a tactile, meaningful way that you wouldn't do in even traditional games. Yeah. But we're going to film it, and then make that filmed world feel physical. Uh, And it was kind of like that quote: "You've got to be young and stupid to make a movie because if you realise how hard it is, it will cripple you, and you'll (laughs) never do anything ambitious ever again." Right. Okay. Yeah. So this felt like this felt like the the yeah. It felt like it was good going in that naive and coming out the other end. It's felt like, okay, wow. Well, like, it's hard to really comprehend how much you've learned. Mm. But you had to kind of learn it all, like, there's all these people throwing quotes at you, like, oh, keep it simple, do this, do that. And you're like, yeah, and then you don't do it. And then, you, and then you're like, oh, no, they were totally right. And you knew they were right to begin with, but it's almost impossible for you to do it the way that you're supposed to until you've had it happen to you firsthand? yeah you have to experience it and to really learn the lesson you right? just can't you just can't avoid you just can't not be contrarian about it and <laughs> and be like yeah but I can't see why it would be a problem to do something completely unproven and crazy <laughs> yeah uh, cool man
0: thank you very much
2: thank you thank you for wanting to talk to me well of course always I, I appreciate that you would want to I appreciate you <laughs> <laughs>